And now, from our studios in Kansas City, Sci-Fi For Me Radio is live from the bunker. All right, here we go. We're back. Welcome, everybody. We are live from the bunker. Did you miss me? Broadcasting live to YouTube, Odyssey, Rumble, and Twitch. Sitting in... The GoPress Latinum plated Grand Nagus chair. Welcome everybody. My name is Jason Hot. I am the editor here at Sci-Fi for Me. We had a week. <laughs> Audio's a bit hot. Okay. Audio's a bit hot. Let me let me make an adjustment there. Thank you, thank you, thank you. This is this is the thing. Um so this is the thing we got to figure out, because I have been told from a, a few different people that our audio is lower than some other people's audio, uh, some other channels. And I don't know if it's the nature of OBS, which is the software that we use, or if it's, uh, if it's the, the system that I've got plugged into the computer or what. Uh, but uh, where I'm, I'm, it's it's a delicate balance that we have to strike <clears throat> between all of the different audio sources and the video sources that we have, and making sure that what you hear is at a level that you don't have to crank everything up to eleven, and and be able to hear it. So uh, if every now and again, if the audio gets a little bit crunchy, let me know because we're still you know. Buttons get pushed and stuff happens. Anyway, all right, so welcome to the program. Those of you who are listening to us as a podcast, uh, it looks like our 600th episode was kind of a, kind of took off a little bit, uh, over 200 downloads, which is a little higher than normal, so uh, glad, glad all of you uh, were around for that. <coughs> and if you are with us live, the chats are open. So you can jump in there if you are here, Memorex mode. Uh, you can leave us a comment. You can always send us an email, live from the bunker at sci-fi for me.com. Send us your topic suggestions, guests that you would like for us to invite. And of course, always, the Discord server is there waiting for you to troll effectively, civilly, politely, <coughs> and such. And yes, I did get a haircut. And here, here's here's the thing. You, you notice the uh, was the show on hiatus for retooling? No. Uh, other than to, to put together the new THX uh, inspired promo, um, I have uh, I have not been doing any retooling. Although <clears throat> we do have uh, we do have a little change. In the schedule, uh, so let me let me do that for for to start. 
um, because it's gonna it's it's changed it's changing just a little bit. Mindy and I have been talking about this, and I and I will admit that for most of last week I debated on coming back because reasons. But what we're gonna do is uh, I am going to do twenty five shows. We'll do a block you know, blocks of five, you know five five a, five a week Monday through Open Line Friday, like we've been doing. And every 25 episodes, when we get to 625, I will take a week off. <clears throat> part of that is to avoid burnout, but also part of that is to give me time to catch up on all of the other stuff that I've got to do behind the scenes, under the hood, site maintenance and, and email catch-ups and, and scheduling and, and that kind of thing. Because I wear so many different hats here. Uh, it is... Um, it is a little bit of a strain on my blood pressure every now and again. So we didn't have any scares or anything like that. Just nothing, nothing like that. <coughs> Death Angel Saturday says Rackets was on hiatus too. Y'all were killing me. I'm sorry. I, you know, next time I should I should coordinate with Rackets and other channels. See, there are so many channels. There are so many different channels. Like right now, we're live. Midnight's Edge is live. Carrie Smith is live. Corey is live over at Sir Talks a Lot. So you, there's there's no there's no uh, uh, lack of material for y'all to consume. Those of you who are watching these programs live, and if you're you know if you're not watching live, I mean that makes it a little bit easier because you can watch all of them at your at your convenience. And nobody says you have to watch this one live. <clears throat> I mean you don't, but. Here we go. So uh, Dave says, provided we know of other said channels. Well, yeah, that's that's the other thing too. But uh, they're on the recommended stuff, and and I get in my analytics telling me that the stuff, other similar channels that my audience listens to is you know, nerd rotic and geeks and gamers and 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 WDW Pro and Valiant Renegade, all 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 of the usual suspects. By the way, happy anniversary to Carrie Smith. Uh, two years today, she posted over on socials. Uh, and yeah, last week, the, the Dallas meetup, and I told Mindy we should have gone. We should have gone uh, because Dallas is where my family lives, and it, I, I usually will use conventions as an excuse to go see my folks. And we just didn't do it this week. I just, I just have not wanted to go do anything i it's it's part of it is post after times not really wanting to get out among people and making the effort uh but i know that we need to we need to get out there and we need to get in front of people we need to to be out at the conventions again so you know it's it's one of those things but of course time money manpower Sci-Fi <coughs> Sniper says it's pretty hard to troll Jason if you don't watch live. <laughs> Matuine, rumor is John Campia stopped doing his midday live show because he couldn't compete with Sci-Fi. Oh, if that was the case, you know, if he wants to get rid of thirty thousand viewers, I'll take a few of them. I, I I will I will not hesitate. If you want to come over and and you know jump ship because John Campia told you to get lost, you're welcome here. And I know there are a number of other channels that will take you too. 
because it, that's for for Campia to do what he did. One is completely unprofessional if he's going to be a broadcast professional, and and I don't know that he's made that claim. I don't know that any of these YouTubers ever make any kind of a claim of being professional in terms of training and background and that kind of thing. I have a little bit of a unique niche there because I have been a broadcast, a professionally trained broadcast professional for 35 years. I started in I started in radio back in 1988. I've done radio, I've done television, I've done newspaper, I've done motion pictures, I've done web video marketing. I've had I, you know, I've got ad agency experience. I've been in this business for a long time. And a lot of these guys on YouTube and Rumble and Odyssey and all this, all these guys who have these channels, they don't have that background. Campia, I think, probably does more than some of the rest of them. And he should know better. He should absolutely know better than to sit there and go, get lost. That's the dumbest thing in the world that you do with your audience. But, but it is typical of that kind of mentality that drives a lot of the media who sit there and think that they are better than you. Now, I'm not saying that Campia thinks he's better than you. He might. He might not. I don't know. I don't know his background. I've not seen his resume. I don't care. Because that behavior that he displayed doesn't make me want to know any more about John Campia. Dave says maybe he was channeling the evil Captain Kirk. <laughs> uh, side by side, uh, Jason's done a bit of everything. Sounds like he can't hold a job. I have stories I can tell, sir. Uh-huh. I have had a number of uh, a number of jobs throughout the years. Some of those uh, have ended. Because I decided they were done. A couple of them ended because other people decided they were done. And justifiably so. I will not, I will not argue the point on that. Uh, so, some was just, you know, I'm, I'm moving away. I have, to, I have to stop working here because I'm not going to live here anymore. So, yeah. Snazzy mug. Uh, funny you should mention the snazzy mug. I do have these snazzy mugs. Logo on one side, planted on the other side. This one is a 15-ounce mug. And I do have... I do have... The snazzy 11-ounce mug. It's got the logo on the side and the planet on the side. This one here... This, this is one of the mugs. As soon as I can get the Shopify set up, we're going to start selling these mugs. I don't know how many we're going to... We're probably going to sell three... But here's here's here is one of the mugs. This is what <coughs> what I'm going to call the Phase Two logo mug because this is current. This is our current logo, 
And when I say phase two, that implies that there's a phase one. And that is this one, which is our first logo that we had starting from 2009 to 2019. And this kind of a retro design mug is also going to be available. I've got to talk to my vendors about, you know, supply and making sure that it's there. And it looks like the camera is back on autofocus again. Stupid machines. They never keep the right setting that I tell it to set. Everything's off. All right, hold on here. There we go. That's a little better. Except the white balance is off now. All right. Anyway, all right. So we've got the phase two, the the phase one mug is our first logo, and this is this is basically etched into the color. So you could do black. We may be able, we might do a red. Uh, it doesn't have the planet on it because we didn't have the planet at the time. So this is this is the phase one. This is the retro mug, and then we have the 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 new the current stuff with the artwork, the logo on one side and the planet on the other. Now. We also have the larger, the 15-ounce uh, current current year. Now, another option, we had tested these. I have got a number of different ones that were just like, well, let's see what this one looks like. I do have one that's just the planet. doesn't have the logo on it. It's just the planet. And as I'm getting ready to start the broadcast today, I had a thought. What if... And I have to talk to my supplier about this one. I got to talk to the vendor. But what if we were to offer uh, maybe the planet one personalized? What if we put your name under under the planet? Would that be something? You, would you pay? Would you pay for something like that? Michael says I want a pony, but the mug is more affordable. Can't do a pony. So now, how much would you pay if 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 we personal if we did a personalized mug that had the would you want personalized mug with your name on it and the logo on it or would you want a personalized mug just the planet and and that's it I mean there are so many options paralysis of choice right <clears throat> Death Angel Shadow wants a Phase Four mug <laughs> we don't have a Phase we're not in Phase Four yet. Uh, so anyway, yeah. Uh, I think people would like the personalization would depend on the cost. I think we could probably just add add personalization for like what two two bucks. So I don't know what would you what would you do the eleven the eleven ounce which is the the regular size coffee mug, what fifteen bucks? Is that too much? And then eighteen or twenty for the bigger one? I don't know. We'll see. <coughs> Mike says, I want the logo regardless of name or not. I can put my name on any old mug. $2 would be low enough, says Sci-Fi Stop. All right. Uh, let us do this really quick while I'm at it because I haven't done it yet. Let's say hi to everybody in the chat. Dave's here. Matt Tween's here. Keeley's here. Uh, who else is here? Death Angel Shadow, Sci-Fi Snob. Uh, I don't see Cam. Where's Cam? 
We had a couple of uh, a couple of people in the chat last week. Michael's here. I've seen a couple of a uh, couple of people in the chat uh, last uh, on Saturday uh, that I haven't seen a face for her. We could, well, I suppose we could do. I suppose we could do a a women's a women's option. Um, <clears throat> I don't know. Maybe maybe the retro the retro the retro mug with pink uh, a pink mug with the old logo I don't know <coughs> anyway so there is that uh, so I said congratulations to Aaron uh, to to uh, to Carrie Smith also congratulations to Eric July. For his uh, successful launch of ISOM number two today. And it is currently over. I mean, this thing launched just a few hours ago, and he's at 356,000 plus already. He's over his goal of 350,000. There are still 75 days left, and he's at 102% of his goal already. ISOM number two. Uh, they expect to start fulfilling at the end of July for this one. There are three covers available. So congratulations to Eric. A programming note also that I am going to be on Peter Smitty's Alterna Comics channel Thursday night. He has a new program called Hosting the Hosts. And he's talking to various different people who have channels that cover comics and uh, talk to comics creators. So I will be over there talking with him uh, Thursday evening, I believe at 8 p.m. Eastern. I've, I've got to check the name. Um, Dave says, have you ever discussed the Apple TV show Foundation? We have uh, we have discussed it a little bit on the H2O podcast. I don't have Apple TV, so I have not seen Foundation and I hesitate to admit that I haven't read the books. I've got them, but I haven't had time to sit and 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 read them. So, yes, we've discussed Foundation. We have not discussed Foundation in depth as we probably should, mainly because I don't have it. I don't have the. I don't have the foundation. I don't have the, the, the necessary knowledge yet. One of these days. Who knows? <clears throat> it's on my list. I have tons. I have tons of books that I have not read that I've got to read, which is one of the reasons why we're going to do the, the five weeks on, one week off. So if I have stuff that I've got to catch up on, uh, that I could do it pretty quick. For example... I got this new book from Maureen Ryan called Burn It Down, which talks about uh, quite a bit of mess in Hollywood in the writers' rooms of uh, shows like Lost. There's some discussion in here about uh, stuff going on at Lucasfilm and at Marvel, and I got to get all of this done. So, so that's just one of the many books in the piles of books that I have here that I've got to catch up on. So... Yeah, it's it's one of those things, and I've got to get to the to the to the used bookstore uh, to pick up some more stuff that hasn't been altered for modern sensibilities yet. 
because I want to I want to get my library uh, fortified, as it were, a little bit more than it is. So, uh, not and not just science fiction. We must be well read and literate to understand story. <clears throat> Okay, programming note. Tomorrow on the program, Paul DeGarabedian will be here. We're going to be talking about Spider-Verse and Ariel. And we've got this news item from Deadline. The, there is a, a, an animation festival that's going on right now in France, Annecy Film Festival. And Sony has released a short film there based in the Spider-Verse, the Miles Morales Spider-Verse, uh, the cartoon set that we've got in the theaters right now. And it is a, a new short film tackling mental issues and showing Miles Morales suffering an anxiety crisis. Compelling story. I mean, it's got potential. So, <clears throat> anyway. <coughs> uh, we got a first image here. Uh, Miles there in the window. Uh, Sony Pictures Animation world premiered its boundary-pushing short, The Spider Within, a Spider-Verse story, tackling mental health at the Annecy International Film Festival on Monday. Spinning off the world of Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse and Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse, the short shows its Marvel Comics protagonist, Miles Morales, Spider. Notice they're not calling him Spider-Man. Suffering from an anxiety attack as he feels overwhelmed by schoolwork, exams, and relationships. His fears are manifested by a dark figure representing his alter ego as well as an imaginary infestation of spiders in his bedroom. It ends on a lighter note as, as he turns to his father, Jefferson Morales, with the short also tapping into the importance of strong father and son relationships. Well, that's good. I haven't seen this short yet. I don't know if it's out there anywhere. Uh, I'm sure it will eventually be available. Maybe it'll be out on the DVD. The reveal comes amid the blockbuster release of Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, which has grossed $225.5 to date, beating the domestic take of the Oscar-winning 2018 original. Now, it should be noted that, yes, this is the second week of Spider-Verse, but Spider-Verse got beat by just a little bit by Transformers Rise of the Beast. Which I think is very interesting, because a lot of people are sitting there saying the Transformers movie is not very good. And the ending of that has already been spoiled for a lot of people. It's it's there's discussion of the last bit of that movie that's out there online. So be careful if you don't want spoilers. But this is something that we've been talking about for a while. The Hasbro, the big, you know, the big cinematic universe that includes Transformers, G.I. Joe, um, Mask. What are what are the other two? There's there's like there's like four or five different um, different toy universes that are being pulled together into a cinematic universe. Mask, GI Joe, Transformers, I think Rom, Star Knight, Rom, and uh, and Microdots. Maybe the other two. So <clears throat> I don't know. We'll see. 
It's uh, it's interesting. Stop says, I've heard that some say this Transformers movie is better than the others. However, it's a low bar. Yeah, it's I've heard it's uh, not quite as good as Bumblebee. It's a direct sequel, I'm told. It's direct sequel to Bumblebee. So it's in that reboot universe. And I don't I don't know. I didn't see Bumblebee. See, I I look at this and I was like, I just don't have any interest in any of this crap. Because it looks like crap. But I need to I need to watch it. Hello, Cam. Good to see you showing up there. JR in the chat as well. All right. So, here's the other parts of what we're going to do. I'm going to take a real quick break. When we get back, we're going to talk about this hashtag that has sprung up over the, over the weekend. Comics broke me. So, we'll talk about that right after this. Stand by. If you unsubscribe to our podcasts, our legion is doomed. This is Sci-Fi For Me Radio. That's a huge question and one that I would rather not answer, but I'm going to answer it. Interviews with writers, filmmakers, artists, and actors. I was just kind of noodling on this very idea, so it's funny you bring it up. It's a good question. That's a great question. I love this question. Yeah. That's a good question. Count on Sci-Fi for me to be there asking all of the questions. It's a really good question. Bringing you news and opinion from all over the web. Sci-Fi for me, delivering the multiverse since 2009. Good morning, multiverse. Saturday morning at 11, 10 central. Only on Sci-Fi for me TV. All right, back live from the bunker. I forgot I had those turned on. <laughs> oh. Okay, here's what I want you to do right now. Everybody, just stop where you're doing. And do me a favor. Somewhere in the player, wherever, wherever it is you are, whatever channel you're watching on, whatever platform you're watching on, Somewhere, you will see the word share. Not the singer share, not Sonny and share. Share. I want you to hit that button and say, Y'all don't know what you're missing. Hashtag Sci-Fi for Me TV. Let's get our numbers up. Because, quite frankly, we should have more than 2,400 subscribers. Everybody, everybody, everybody share. Because your mother taught you to share, did she not? Didn't your mother say, you should share, right? Especially if you think you, I mean, if you've got something good, ish. I mean, I guess it's a matter of taste whether you think we're good or not. But you know, if it's something, if it's something that you enjoy, and you have other people that are of like mind that you think they would enjoy, then you should share. I'm just saying. <clears throat> just saying. All right. So, 
over the weekend, this thing started started to crop up with the with the comics industry. Now we talk about ISOM number two uh, launching today, already over its goal. Um, Chuck Dixon has got new projects that he's doing. He's going to do Black Warrant over at Arkhaven Comics. He's he's writing Alpha Core for Eric July. You've got the Sasuke sisters coming on to to write Yaira for for Ripperverse. All of these independent comics creators, whether they're Comics Gate or they're you know just getting out of DC and and Marvel, and they're going off to do their own thing. Scott Snyder, James Tynion, um yeah, uh, uh, Sean Michael, uh, Sean Gordon Murphy, all all of these people that are out there launching their own books. This is something that the Comics Gate people, especially, but others have been saying needed to happen. You guys need to have your own creator-owned IPs. You've got to be in control of what you do. You've got to be in control of your work. You got to be doing your own thing. And. I don't know what started it. I don't know what prompted it. But there is a hashtag on Twitter. Uh, the Substack thing, I don't know if it failed. It's kind of not really done what was originally hoped. I think there's still some of it out there. Um, but I think the I think the Substack crowd has migrated and expanded. So you've got You've got stuff on on Substack. You've got stuff on Patreon, but they're also getting publishing deals with places like Image and IDW. So I think Image is doing some of is doing the the new stuff from Scott Snyder, which creator owned. They're still they're still have they still have their hands on the IP. The publisher is just the one who prints it and distributes it. So. So there is that. But this this hashtag comics broke me started over the weekend and it has picked up steam. And it's a bunch of people talking and I don't know if this is a, a thread that kind of spun out of the writer strike or the other stuff that's been going on where writers have been talking about how, how much they they you know how little they get paid in the comics industry. And maybe this is backlash, you know, people complain, well, you know, you see all these independent creators that are making all this money. We should be making all that money at DC and Marvel and Dark Horse and Image and IDW and, and wherever else. And they're not. And so this thing has started about, you know, all of the different stories from inside the comics industry, the professionals telling all of these stories about how badly they've been treated, how poorly they've been paid or not even paid. You know, the lack of control that they have over the stuff that they're trying to do and it's and I'm looking at this I'm like okay, this this industry will pound you into sand. That's that's true. Most industries, if you're not if you're not capable of doing the work, if you're not capable of dealing with people, you're going to have issues. No matter what the industry is, whether it's the film industry or the comics industry or making microchips, you know there there's a certain amount of get alongism that you have to have in order to be able to to work in an environment with other people. And is this a post pandemic? artifact 
Is this something where people are starting to realize, you know, I really don't have any people skills. I don't want to get along with it. You know, I don't I don't have to get along with anyone. And and their true colors start to show. Or is this comics broke me thread coming out of the decline of the professional comics industry? And that decline is pretty much, yeah, comics broke you, but you broke comics first. Because when you let politics be your guide in determining what kind of stories you're going to tell, what kind of art you're going to draw, what kind of creative teams you're going to allow to to be part of the process, who your editors are going to be. I mean, before the Milkshake crew, before Kelly Sue DeConnick said, if you don't like my boundary things, don't buy my book. Any of that stuff. None of that stuff was a factor. Denny O'Neill and Chuck Dixon worked together for a lot of things, and they were complete polar opposites politically. Denny O'Neill was a bleeding-heart liberal, and Chuck Dixon is a conservative, and they got along fine, and they worked together fine, and they told good stories. And that was the goal. That was the key. And nowadays, not so much. And when you have people out there like... Gabby Rivera, who doesn't work in the industry very much anymore, if at all. You have people like uh, um, Mags of Saggio. You have people like Heather Antos, Kelly Sue DeConnick. And in the, in the media that covers comics as well, you know, Heidi McDonald and that group and, and, and Rich, Rich Johnston over at, uh, at Bleeding Cool... All, all of these people, you, you broke your industry by putting your focus and your priority in the wrong place. It would take a hundred gym shooters to fix all of this. And we're talking about gym shooter on a good day with a whip and a chain and a get back to work, you bum type of thing. Because maybe, and I'm not discounting all of these stories of neglect and abuse and how badly you're treated and whatnot. Okay, maybe so. But if the industry is that broken, then maybe it needs to burn to the ground for a little while. I mean, it was it was doing okay. Clownfish has, has talked about this, you know. And Neon over over on Twitter even said the industry was on the upswing coming out of the '90s. I mean, Marvel was on the edge of bankruptcy. The comics industry was on the decline. Comics were not in books uh, were not on newsstands anymore. All of that went away because they decided they were going to go into to bookstores with these new things called graphic novels. And comic book shops, the direct market, that started to tick up a little bit too. And then when when the end times happened, all of that fell apart. How many comic book shops have closed in the last five years? The last eight years? A lot. Yeah, Death Angel Shadow is right. This last this most recent thing they did to the Punisher. Shameful. But what they did to the Punisher was driven by the politics outside the industry 
the personal politics of the creative teams taking a look at the Punisher and the Punisher logo and the Punisher logo being co-opted by law enforcement and conservatives and the alt-right. and <laughs> So now we have to take that away. So they changed the logo for the Punisher and gave him some sort of a weird satanic death heads horned thing, which looks stupid. And now he's not even the Punisher anymore. And he's not even in this realm anymore. He's on Weird World, looking after orphans. Call me Frank. Okay. Chuck Dixon's going to go over to Arkhaven Comics and he's going to write Black Warrant. And he says he's going to be able to do vigilante justice genre like he's never been able to before because Marvel kept putting guardrails on the Punisher. Oh, no, you can't do that. You, 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 no, let's, let's dial that back a little bit. No, you can't really do that. I mean, you're doing an all-ages book, you're doing a PG-13 book or whatever, That's you, you have limits. But Dixon said with Black Warren, he's like, the guardrails are off, the training wheels are off, Katie, bar the door, let's go. So, I don't know, we'll see. Michael says, Nerdrotic used to own a comic book store and said comics were in decline even before the politics. Well, yeah, they were. In the 90s, in the, 90s the comics industry was really hurting. I mean, that's one of the reasons why uh, you had uh, Marvel selling off a lot of the movie rights and TV rights to their characters at the time is because they were going bankrupt. <clears throat> and the 90s were the height of the collectors, right? You, you all, of, all of the in comics were an investment. And you had all of these people, all these speculators getting into the comics industry and buying all of these books thinking that 10 years later, 15 years later, 20 years later, they were going to have value. I've got a whole box of X-Men number one cover art by Jim Lee. This is from, what, 94? Whenever it is that they revamped and they did a new number one. I've got 50 of them. They're worthless. They'll make a nice add-on whenever we do our, our magazine campaign, crowdfund. But they're not worth anything. Cover price, maybe. Yeah, 90 or 91. They're all still in perfect condition. They've never been circulated. I don't know that they'd be mint. They're not bagged. Well, are they bagged? I gotta look again. I don't know that they're bagged. But they're not worth much. But that's the kind of thing. Somebody would go in and they'd buy 40 copies, 20 copies, 30 copies of this thing. And one of these days, maybe something will be worth something. But then, Marvel especially, but DC also, they got into these variant covers. And you got to buy 25 to get the one. You got to buy 50 to get the other. All of that stuff, that killed the industry. And then when they leaned into graphic novels as opposed to the, to the, to the weekly, you know, the monthly floppies, the monthly issues, the periodicals, and went out of the newsstand, you couldn't get your comic books in the 7-Eleven anymore or the Stop and Go or the, you know, the Casey's, the, the, your, your convenience stores and your gas stations and your places where you picked up your, your newspapers and your magazines and your bubble gum. All that was gone. And yeah, the comics industry was in decline in the 90s and, and the early aughts. And it started, it started to turn around just a little bit. 
And then the milkshake crew happened. And then Kelly Sue DeConnick happened. All of that stuff. And when they said, if you don't like what I do, don't buy the book. Readers, customers said, your terms are acceptable. And they went and they took their money elsewhere. And, okay, comics broke me. Why? How, how, how did we get to a point where the industry broke you? What did you do? And what did they do? And I'm, I'm not, I'm, there's not any one particular thing where I sit there and say, no, this is, this is true or not. I, I'm looking at, at this whole thing as a l- lamentable set of circumstances that probably could have been avoided. But we see still that there are companies out there who will lean into politics. I mean, Call of Duty. Look at what Call of Duty is doing right now. One guy sits there and says, leave the kids alone. And Call of Duty says, flag on the play. Your stuff is not going to be available anymore in our catalog. (coughs) And so... Somebody else says, you know what? You're going to pull his stuff? Pull my stuff. And so Call of Duty says, okay. They're, th- they're thinking short term. They're thinking very, very short term. Immediate short term. Like, this is a stupid play for Call of Duty to sit there and double down on this particular issue. And... It's not going to go the way they think it will. Call of Duty is going to basically, you know, basically Call of Duty has sat there and said, hey, Target, hold my Bud Light. Call of Duty is going to feel the pinch. It might or might not be as big of a of a of a backlash, a boycott. Who knows? But you combine that with all of the other stuff, all of the other controversy surrounding Activision Blizzard with the with the sexual assault and the harassment and the bad workplace environment and the toxicity that's going on. Activision's done. Activision's going to hurt. Blizzard's going to hurt. And when Call of Duty starts to st- starts to lose money, starts to peter out, they'll look around and they go, what happened? And they are completely blind to their own culpability in this. Exactly like 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 Wizards of the Coast. You've got Kyle Brink out there sitting there going, well, I can't wait for the cis white males to get down and, and leave this game. Well, when they do, what are you going to do? When they do leave the game, and fill in the blank, I can't wait until X group leaves the game. When they do, and they take their money elsewhere, what do you do? How is that a win? Jay says, the issue, number one, being worth anything was going on when I started collecting in the 80s, particularly after uh, Mutant Turtles took off. I have so many number one issue indie comics, I could probably wallpaper a large house. Well, and see, and that's the other thing, too. You had you had all of these indie comics. You had image comics uh, crop up. You had um, IDW started. You had Harris that was back there in the day. Uh, a number of smaller press... 
And sure, you had you had speculation because these publishers were were putting out books that were brand new, that were characters that nobody had ever heard about. It was a lot of risk. And for every Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles from from Laird and Eastman, how many or Eastman and Laird, how many others didn't take off? How many others failed a- after one or two or three issues or ten issues, and it's done and it goes away, never to be seen again? I mean, Cyberfrog didn't last very long over at Harris. And then Ethan's got it back, and now he's doing his own thing with it, and he's having great success with it. But it it lasted... It, it was a limited run. Michael said, It's the woke generation thing. The complaints of comics ruin me is the exact same as every other industry where the youngsters want the high-paying industry without... the uh, High-paying income without paying dues. I think that's part of it. I was talking to a guy over at uh, I was I was at the hardware store the other day. And he was it cuz I was looking for I I needed a uh I needed a ba- uh, a car battery post brush because we we we, we acquired a a truck. And the 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 battery post, the post on the battery, I had to replace the battery. I had to clean off a bunch of corrosion, so I needed to get one of those brushes. And the manager was telling me that he would love to have an automotive specialist to handle all of the auto, the auto stuff that he's got. He says, but I can't hold on to anybody. He said, if they're here and they, they, they last longer than three weeks, I can keep them for life. But you know the job the job market being the way it is he can't get anybody to fill the positions he wants he wants to get an automotive specialist he wants to get a hardware specialist he, he needs people he needs he needs bodies on staff in the store people who know their stuff and he can't get them and he said the 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 kids that come in for work college age you know 20 something know-it-alls they last about a week, and then they get upset, and they get frustrated, and they tell him off, and they, you know, they yell in his face, and they, and they walk, and they, and they quit and huff. He says three weeks later, they're begging for their job back. I had, I had a, a conversation with my son the other day, and I told him, I said, social media and circumstances being what they are, your entire generation is, is crippled. Because of everything that's been going on. Mentally, emotionally crippled because of social media and this whole instant gratification. I want it now. Me, me, me. Narcissism. Self-interest that has been exacerbated by the internet. Give it to me and give it to me now because I want the thing. I don't want to work for it. What do you mean? Work for it. Just give it to me. And they're learning, these 20-somethings, whose brains are still partially mush until they're 25, 26 years old, they're learning now that it doesn't work that way. And when you look at the people who have been in charge of the comics industry for the last five, six, ten years, the Heather Antoses and the Milkshake Crew gang, 
How old are they? They're children. How much experience do they actually have that allows them, that qualifies them to be in editorial positions at two of the major comic book publishers in the entire industry? What qualifies you, 25-year-old something, to edit the Batman? An 80-year-old character with a legacy and a history and something that you have absolutely no understanding about because you're so young, there's no way that you can know about it all. And they don't have, like, like Cam saying, they don't have the experience. They don't have the experience dealing with people. They don't have the experience managing people. They don't have experience managing a budget, managing expectations. Now, some of them might depending on what their life experiences are, and this is another thing that I've talked to my kid about, is, is those of us who have been around for a while, back in my day, <coughs> you have an opportunity, young'uns, to listen to us, elders, and benefit from our life experiences without having to make the same mistakes. But how many of them are willing to do that? How many of that entire generation are willing to do that? And these people are going to be running the world someday, and that scares me stupid. Experience is not a dirty word. I mean, for them, it might be. Yeah. But experience is what gets you to the next level. It's... Shall I say it? Experience is how you level up in society. Maybe that's the problem. Maybe we have to put it in terms that they can understand. If we treat life like a video game and we tell them, look, this is how you get this is how you get the experience points. <coughs> this is how you collect your loot. You have to pay your dues. You have to do the work. Which is which is kind of ironic because yesterday we had to do work and I didn't want to. Mrs. Boss had some errands to run. We bought two persimmon trees yesterday and I didn't want to get out. I was like, we're going to do this today. But we have a garden. We have an orchard. We have, we have stuff that we're doing here at the compound and that requires work. Whether you feel like doing it or not, well, the work's got to get done. You know, where are we going to put this thing? Where are we going to plant this tree? Where are we going to put these, you know... The... By the way... Funny story. I don't know exactly how this happened. In one part of the garden, we have planted corn. It's a ways away from the main building here at the compound. And... and it's not anywhere near 
what we call the dog run. There's a fenced-in space where the dogs have their have their time, their 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 area. The dog run. <coughs> we let them outside. They go and they do their thing. And this this thing shows up near the fence a couple of weeks ago. And it, is that a weed? Is it? And and Mindy's got this app. You take a picture. Uh, you take a picture of it, and this app will identify what this plant is. So she takes a picture of it, and it's corn in the dog run. One single stalk of corn. Like, how did that get there? Maybe the birds. Maybe the wind. I don't know. But then... Late last week, I noticed some stuff that's growing in the dog run. I was getting ready to mow. And oh, it's, it's, it's going to rain, so I can't mow. But I see this stuff that's growing in the yard now. In the dog run. In the fenced area where the dogs do their thing. And there is no garden in the dog run. And some stuff is growing. And I was like, wait a minute, what is, what is that? And so Mindy does her little thing, snap, zip, zap. Sunflower. Common sunflower. Well, that one, I can figure where that came from because we have bird feeders. And under the bird feeders, there has grown some very, very lush grass. And I thought, well, you know, let's try this in some of the patchy spots out there in the backyard. So I threw a bunch of bird seed out there. And there are sunflower seeds in there. So I figured they probably took, some of them probably rooted, and now we've got sunflowers growing in the, in the dog run. But then there are these other things that are growing in the dog run. And so, you know, snap, bzz, snap, bzz, corn. We've got 16 stalks of corn growing in the dog run that we did not plant. And... They're not in any particular order. They're not organized. They're not in straight lines. They're, it's just completely random. And I'm like, how am I going to mow this yard now? <laughs> so, yeah. So, so. But, you know, gardens take work. Yards take work. I was out there this morning. I put weed and feed on my yard because... It's been raining. It's wet. You gotta gotta get it out there while while it's while it, conditions are right. It, it, it's, it there's always something, and as you get older and as you learn how to do life with this experience, comes wisdom. Wisdom is applied knowledge. Now, that knowledge comes from a couple of different places. Either you learn it on your own through the mistakes that you make, the experiences that you have, or you learn it from somebody else. Either from a book or from a personal relationship, conversation, something you have, a class, you learn it. And then you learn how to apply it. And that's where wisdom comes in. And these, these people who have essentially destroyed an industry are complaining because they haven't gotten theirs. Now, that's not all of what they're saying. 
I don't want to minimize that this is just a bunch of entitled babies that are that are pouting. There are some legitimate complaints in these threads. There are some legitimate this stuff needs to change in this industry conversations. And it's good that those things are being 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 those conversations being had. Maybe at the end of all of this when the end times come to an end <clears throat> Maybe the comics industry comes back stronger with better stories, better art, better creatives, better management. Who knows? One can hope. Does Jim Lee becoming president of DC Comics put them on the road to fixing things or does that make it worse? We'll see. It's completely anecdotal, but some various random things, bits and pieces that I have seen online coming from DC soon-ish look like they're trying to course correct. Looks like. I'm on the outside looking in. I haven't picked up a DC book and I don't know when. I don't know if the stories are any good or not. The art is looking better than it has. I mean, if they still got Tom King over there, then it's not, not completely fixed. But... There are going to be some things that maybe are better. I don't know. But comics broke me is an interesting hashtag to be looking at just just for the for the variety of all of the different kinds of stories that are being told. Some of it's some of it's heartbreaking. Some of it's frustrating. Some of it's you did this to yourself. You know, they they shake their finger at the industry, but the industry can be shaking their finger right back at them. We need more gym shooters. Death Angel says, I've said for a few years now, the more I know, the more I know I don't know. Uh, you knew it all at 16. Yep. Yep. I, I, right there with you. I was, I was 23, 24 years old. I dropped out of college because I knew everything that I need to do. I was going to go make movies. And then I worked at a dry cleaners until I moved to Kansas City and got married. And was a janitor. And to this day, in 35 years of, of being in the media, I have worked on four motion pictures, not my own. And I have completed one feature film and several short films. I have not had a movie career like I originally had planned. But that's okay. There we go. All right. So, <clears throat> all that having been said, we're back for the week. Tomorrow, Paul DeGarabedian will be here. He is senior media analyst at Comscore. He is big heapum deal, folks. He gets quoted in Deadline and Variety at USA Today and, and Business Insider. And we've got him as a regular contributor here. He comes in to tell us what he thinks about stuff. We're going to be looking at the box office numbers between The Little Mermaid and, and Miles Morales and maybe some other stuff. And we're going to be looking at the Indy 5 projections. This could be a bad thing. Maybe. I don't know. We'll see. 
All right, that's it for today. Connect with us on social media. Hit the share button. Do your interaction stuff. Hit the like. Hit the subscribe if you haven't already, because about half of you, about 46% of you that watch these shows are not subscribed. And that's okay. But if you're subscribed, then you might get the notification when we go live. Of course, we stay on a regular schedule, so that's that's something. We stay to the schedule, so you know when the shows are going, even though you don't get a notification. And yes, connect with us on the Discord. Um, annoy each other. Entertain each other. Just be polite to each other. And we will be back to do this all again tomorrow. There is, a, there is a thing that I saw over the weekend. Let me see if I can pull this up really quick. It was, a, it was a quote that I found to be apropos of nothing but applicable to everything that's going on in the world. <clears throat> this is a quote uh, from Fanning Yader Tate, who, is, who was a, a gospel preacher many years ago, he says, when an honestly mistaken man sees the truth, one of two things happens. One, he will either cease to be mistaken, or two, he will cease to be honest. For he will either accept the truth, or he will reject it. If he accepts it, he is no longer mistaken. If he rejects it, he is no longer honest. It's as simple as that. There cannot be such a thing as an honestly mistaken man who has once seen the truth. And there are a lot of people, there are a lot of people who right now are faced with the choice. Are you going to continue to be wrong about everything, anything, or are you going to be honest? Are you going to be honest with others? Are you going to be honest with yourself? That's the question that a lot of people have to ask right now. On a number of fronts, not just comics. Everything. The people at Call of Duty, Activision Blizzard, people at Bud Light, people at Target, people at Nike, I mean, all of it. Politicians, lawyers, district attorneys, attorneys general, senators, representatives, producers, writers, comic book people, YouTubers. A little self-examination goes a long way. And I will leave it at that. Back tomorrow with Paul DeGarabedian. Remember, the politicians hate you. The media lies to you. God has a plan for you. And there are four lights. This has been a presentation of SciFiForMe.com. Copyright 2023 by Flaming Dog Media, LLC. All rights reserved. No portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of Flaming Dog Media. You're listening to Sci-Fi For Me Radio. 